Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Life with Chris and Tatum. Big shout out to everybody that is joining with us from all over America and around the world. Hundreds and hundreds, almost thousands of you that are joining. Hey, um, if you haven't yet, please share this podcast with your family and friends and take a second and rate us and give us a good review. We really appreciate that. And it shows that we're making an impact in your life. Now today, I am so excited for a couple of reasons. Number one, we're just a few weeks away from the the week that changed the world. It's Easter week. It's going to be the most fantastic time that we've ever had here at at Life Fellowship at our church. We just believe it's going to be the best Easter that we have ever experienced. We're going to be grand opening our new facility, all kinds of different um, theming aspects are going to be brought in. And we just can't wait to just share the good news of Jesus with our community. And, you know, in the process of sharing the good news, there's nothing to me that is more important than sharing the good news of what God has done than with the next generation. And today, I am so excited. I'm elated to have Pastor Logan uh, with us today. Give him a big shout out, my friend. Yeah, so excited to be here. And uh, man, it's been a journey. We've been I've been here for my fifth year now already. So isn't that uh, crazy? It's flown by though. To see the journey we're on. I remember when I first met you and your wife, Chelsea. Well, actually, she was your fiance at the time. Yeah. And we went to a little Tex-Mex restaurant. Yeah. And Logan, as much as I love you, man, I remember I was walking away going, man, if we could hire Logan so we can we, we can have Chelsea, that would be... <laughs> she is my better half, so yes. <laughs> She's really incredible. And yeah. you guys do such a great job together. I would love for you to be able to share some time about how you guys, as a young couple in the culture where we live at today... Uh, make marriage work and a family work and how you guys have navigated through some pretty incredible challenges, but yet seen God's hand uh, upon you guys in awesome ways. Now today, um, I'm excited because we're going to be talking uh, a little bit about your testimony. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, mean, there's so much to it, but yes, uh, it's, and honestly, the Lord has been, even while I'm here, uh, on staff of life fellowship, the Lord's been showing, I mean, still unveiling parts of it, which is just that's just how the Lord works. The story is never fully finished. And so now tell the story a little bit before we get to the the, the topic today. Yeah. So people get to know you a little bit better. Tell tell how you how you found the Lord. How'd you get called into the ministry? How did yeah. that all happen for you? So I know a lot of people can relate to this, but I grew up in church. Uh family has always uh been involved in church. I grew up in an amazing Christian household and man, I just um, I honor my parents because they are the first ones in either side of their generations to not get a divorce. And so like they broke that generational curse. And that's just, man, I, I appreciate that. And I really do honor that. And so growing up in that has been amazing. And honestly, uh, so it's just been so ingrained of who the Lord is. But again, as you grow up in church, you it's easy to accept your parents' faith and not your own. You get and, really numb to things because you see it all the time. You're yeah, exposed. Yeah, you, you grew up in it. And so, uh, yeah, I grew up in the same church, same house my whole life. Uh, but then really when I got into youth group uh, as a 13-year-old, that's when everything changed. Um, I actually 
received my calling to to be in ministry at 13 years old. It wasn't like a special designated service for callings. It was just a random Wednesday service, but I was in the back. I'll never forget the spot where I just felt this weird and almost impression from the Holy Spirit. Uh, and it wasn't like an audible voice, but it, I just knew in my heart that there was something more for me to be in ministry. Uh, and so I told my youth pastor, and he was like, well, what do you think that means? And I said, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I said, you help me point me where to go. And so uh, at a young age, I just I actually started with music. Nobody really knows this, but I watched YouTube videos, picked up the drums, the bass, like your son Nash. Mm-hmm. Just, and I just taught myself and I was horrible, but I joined the team and I just wanted to be involved, whatever that looked like. So that happened. But then fast forward, obviously, puberty, teenage years, um, relationships, things that I mean, teenagers deal with, like. Uh, that's what I went through. And so uh, I just came complacent with a lot of stuff. And really, I didn't really have a, I never experienced a significant like tragedy or thing happen uh, that really derailed my faith until I was 18 years old. Uh, it was January of 2014. You were yeah. a senior in high school. Senior high school. So middle of senior year. And uh, I think it was January 14th, or I can't remember the day specifically, but I do remember my mom coming in that morning and just sitting on the bed next to me and saying, Hey Logan, uh, I'm, I, I, I need to tell you, but your, your aunt who is my mom's identical twin sister, uh, she had committed suicide to take her own life in the middle of the night, just struggling with, were man. you close with her? Oh yeah. Yeah. So she actually took care of my grandmother. They lived in the same house, but it just wasn't, it, it wasn't the best situation. They're just both dealing with a lot of addictions and my my aunt was just struggling with depression and a lot of stuff going on and so uh that happened but i mean through that actually my grandmother still to this day lives with my mom and dad uh they take care of her actually and um but that really derailed my faith that was the first real moment where i questioned everything about god's goodness and i wondered you know i I actually got angry with the lord i remember getting so angry and so bitter with the lord that it actually kind of affected me in, this, in such a crazy sense, but I went to a very, very deep depression uh, myself. And I went to a Christian school. I went to church. I've been around the Christian environment my whole life. But that was the first real time where I wanted to push everything away. And I did. Uh, I, I did not step foot into a church for four months. So I, my pretty much my last bit of senior year, I was going to a Christian school, but I hated everything I was hearing about God because I didn't understand the goodness of God when that hit so personally for me. And so all that led up to a moment where uh, my youth pastor actually texted me on a random day and he just said, hey, I want to get lunch with you. So we met with lunch and uh, he just genuinely- So first of all, let me just yeah, say yeah. this. How cool is it that even when you're running from God, and I, th- I know David did this, you know, he got angry at God and different things that the Lord would still work in such a way that he cares so much about us that he would have a pastor and it could have been anybody yeah. that would reach out. You know, we always say this, that if if, um, if if there's ever somebody on your heart, man, pray for that person. Reach out to that for that person. Yeah. If you ever feel like, man, I need to encourage that person, don't, don't just dismiss that. It could be a life or death. It could be Absolutely. whether someone's going to go into ministry or not or commit their life to the Lord or not. Don't dismiss those small little whispers that the Lord puts you in your heart. Thank goodness for your youth pastor doing that. Yeah. You'd be surprised how far a text message can go because little did he know that, you know, it wasn't a church service that that brought me back in. It was uh, people that actually cared. And, you know, I thought that everybody had given up on me in the church, but my youth pastor texted me and 
we got lunch together together and I was expecting him to give me the whole spiel of dude where have you been like you need to come back you didn't Mm -hmm. mention one thing about church he just asked how are you really doing and actually through that conversation that's what maybe come back the next Wednesday service again it wasn't a youth camp moment it was just a regular Wednesday but the Lord absolutely uh wrecked my life in such a powerful way and he changed everything uh I remember I was just weeping at the altar that whole night and uh I ended up going to youth camp, actually the same youth camp that we bring our students to. So it's always cool when I can bring students and mm-hmm. point to the to spot. The this yeah. was my spot. And so uh, I went to youth camp for my last year and God just solidified, almost rebirthed the calling again of ministry and saying, oh, Logan, I, I know you had these plans, but you, this is really what I have for you. And so that's when things shifted and the rest is history, really. I mean, going to Bible college and after Bible college, being here and it's been like been right after Bible college. Right. Uh, yeah. At the last two months of Bible college, I came here. So when I hired you, Logan, I hired you. And you remember I told you, I said, man, I see you have the intangibles. Mm-hmm. So I can help maybe teach you some other things. And man, you are flourishing and you're growing. I mean, you're taking these things, man, and taking them to levels that we never even dreamed possible. And uh, man, we are so much better as a church with you and Chelsea here and I think we're seeing the fruit of it, man. Kids are getting rocked by God. And then God's giving you guys, uh, he's building a platform for you guys to be able to mentor and challenge and coach other youth ministries to show them, hey, here's how it works in mm-hmm. the local church. Now, one thing before we get into today's topic, and I thought that was so important for you to share a little bit of yep. your story, yeah. but it's such a sad state that so many youth pastors are in a place for just a small period of time, and then they're gone. Yep. Just about the time the teenagers, so teenagers right now, they're they, they have this, um, they have a problem with because everyone has abandoned them. Mm-hmm. It seems like, and so just about the time they start connecting in with a youth pastor because he takes them to camp and God rocks their world, then that guy's he's gone, he's somewhere else. And you've done an amazing job, both you and Chelsea, of being a stable um, figure in their lives. I think I think it's so massively important. Yeah, I think longevity is. One of the biggest factors to success in youth ministry is just if you just stay long enough. I mean, the average tenure right now, I think, has dropped to seven months. So the average youth pastor stays seven months and then they're gone. I mean, I think nine months is how long it takes to birth a baby. They're not even mm-hmm. there to see the full, like they don't see anything. And so I've always, I've real quick, I've always heard this, that uh, ministry is kind of like a three-year, and I've seen it at least for being, because I've been I'm in my fifth year already, but your first year, it's kind of like a farming process. Is you're dealing with a lot of the weeds, a lot of the junk, and a lot of the, well, this is how we used to do it. Like, you, I mean, you're dealing with a lot of that, and so you're just trying to figure out how to even how to get the soil ready. And so, second year is you're getting the soil ready, you're planting the seeds. That's when relationships with students actually start to they start to trust you a little bit, and so um, start planting and sowing and just doing all this work. And then by year three you will see a harvest. Like you'll see actual results of the the work you've put in with your leaders, with students. Uh, and I've seen that. And I think- Pay the price, everybody. Hey, moms, you, those of you that are listening, if you feel like you're discouraged right now because you've got little kids, you're wondering, hey, is it, is it working? Stay the course. You keep yeah. planting those seeds. Uh, those of you that are in business, I think this is a great practice for you as well. If you're in business and sometimes you're thinking, man, is why isn't things- why, why aren't we seeing the fruit of it? I think stick to itiveness. You, yep. you have to have that grit yeah, that absolutely. I deny to be denied. I refuse to be refused. 
Now, in the middle of all this, though, there's been a, a huge hurdle that you've been uh, having to jump uh, jump over. Yeah. And so I want you to talk about that. Yeah. So uh, a little bit of my story, and honestly, this... Have you uh, ever shared this uh, publicly before? Uh, other than a post? Uh, a post I actually preached. Uh, the first I talked about it was a, a sermon I preached to our youth group okay. uh, back in August of last year. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, but actually, so part of my story, and I didn't really know how how it would even come up in ministry, but uh, I have, ever since the age of five, I've been diagnosed with Tourette's and, you know, with... Now, wait, what is Tourette's for somebody that doesn't know? Yeah. So Tourette's is where things aren't really in your brain. They That's why you see like these involuntary movements or sounds or, I mean, it can it can vary uh, with different extremes. I mean, it can, it's such a broad thing, but really it's involuntary movements or sounds that, I mean, the person physically cannot control because their like their brain, uh, you know, can't connect with the physical side of what's happening. And so, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I know a lot of people deal with this, but you know, for, for me, uh, I was diagnosed at five years old and, um, I remember hearing all the time of, you know, doctors telling me, Hey, like 90%, the majority after they go through puberty, it's over. They grow out of it. It stops. And uh, so that all tied into my story of growing up through high school as a teenager. Um, you know, it was really, really disheartening to hear that because going through puberty after you don't think, I mean, I'm still having it. I mean, I still have Tourette's. Nothing's changed. And so uh, I remember middle school just going through a lot of bullying. And, you know, I know friends make fun of each other. They pick on each other. But mm-hmm. when they would talk about it or, you know, use it in a way that would just really there was no purpose, but uh, it would just tear me down. And honestly, uh, it w- I would keep it to myself and I wouldn't I wouldn't retaliate or anything. I'm very to myself kind of a person. So to me, I internalized it and I just would beat myself up, you know, just mentally just uh, dragging myself to the ground thinking, oh, Logan, you're yeah, well, how are you going to do anything? Because this is around the time I get the call to ministry. And so instantly I have this insecurity of, well, God, why do I have this? And how mm-hmm. do you call me to this? It doesn't even line up, God. And so for me, that was a big, big uh, learning part. But honestly, through all middle school and high school, I tried to keep it a secret. And you know, I would try to even make excuses or play it off. Even everybody brought it up. I was just so, 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 so insecure. Uh, even through Bible college, um, but really, everything kind of got brought to light whenever I came here, and I didn't know why it happened that way. Or, but uh, I'm very thankful for it. But actually, uh, a conversation conversation with somebody in our church uh, who has Tourette's as well. Um, so I found this out. There's the Lord aligning this, and you know, I, for the first time ever, my my wife, who I'm so thankful for, was really pushing me and helping me to think like, Hey, Logan, like your Tourette's is not like a <laughs> A, a curse. It's not mm-hmm. like a bad thing. You need to like find a way to open it. Cause I think what you keep and you know, what you try to suppress and keep quiet, like the enemy, he's going to, he's going to use that against you. He's going to, yeah, you internalize it and you begin to, like you were saying, all this insecurity and yeah. then you shy away from the thing that God's actually yeah. called you to do. And so I, uh, I actually took him up on that. And so I went to breakfast uh, with this guy in our church who has Tourette's. And I just, I sat down and I just told him, I was like, how do you, because he's way older than me. And so I said, how have you lived with it? How have you done this? And I'm like, how do you like hide it? How do you stop it? And he, I never forget, he just sat across me and said, Logan, he goes, I think it's time you stop viewing your Tourette's as a burden 
and a weakness and start viewing it as a gift that God's using. And so that right there, that, that conversation alone changed everything for me. And actually the very next month is when, uh, yeah, I posted about it and I uh, preached a sermon on it. And that's really kind of, it's like a story I carry with me everywhere. Like if I could share this one thing of, you know, what you view as a weakness, that that's what, like I, I really understood what Paul meant uh, in Second Corinthians, when he talks about the thorn in the flesh, when he talks about mm-hmm. your weakness, I mean, ev- everything clicked in that moment for me. So, w- the the statement that this gentleman made to you, tell me tell me that statement again. Uh, he said, for, in essence, he said, Logan, stop viewing your Tourette's as a burden and start viewing it as a blessing. Okay. So that question there, how how has how has that changed? you when in viewing things and, and God using this in your life? Yeah. Um, I instantly, I just connected it to Paul. I've always wondered what Paul meant in uh second Corinthians 12 It was verse seven through 10, where he, he says, you know, um, he received such amazing revelation from God. And then to, I, I never forget the phrase says to keep him from becoming prideful, the Lord, uh, or Satan, a uh, messenger, from Satan was given to him as a thorn as in, thorn in his flesh, mm-hmm. and that God allowed it. And you know he, that he allowed it because it says three different times, Paul begged the Lord to take it away. And the, the, that's when the Lord says, my strength works best in weakness. And I know many of you know that verse. Uh, my strength works best, in, works best in weakness. And so that's when I was like, oh my goodness, like this is what the Lord's mean. Like so many times I think we can look at weaknesses in our lives or things that happen and we think, oh, it's just Satan like tormenting me. But like, what if God is actually using that very weakness and he wants to show off his strength and his power through it? And that's where everything changed in my mind. And so I stopped viewing my Tourette's as this like thing that the that Satan just loves to mess with and loves to do this in my life and realize, oh, look, God, God knew this would happen and that he's going to use it for his greater good and his purpose. And honestly, I think for me, like, Tourette's, it's so funny. When I preach a sermon mm-hmm. for 30 minutes, everything goes away. Nothing happens. It is like, it is truly a miracle. Like, seriously. But every time I get off the stage, it's like it instantly comes back. And it's literally like, it feels like a thorn in the flesh. That's why he says it. Because think about a thorn in your flesh. Every movement you make, you're reminded of it. And so when I get off the stage, I'm reminded that I have Tourette's. And I remember, okay, God, it is only because of you that I was able to speak that word and that message uh, with complete confidence. And so I think, honestly, my thorn in the flesh like is Tourette's, but I think it also keeps me from becoming prideful. And mm-hmm. so... So I think it's it's such a uh, an important topic right now because all of us, including the guy speaking right now, mm-hmm. we all feel this um, this weakness in our lives that we disqualify ourselves from getting involved in, uh, in ministry or just... You know, Whatever that would be, being used by God in every in, in any aspect, and we disqualify ourselves because we think, well, I've got this weakness in my life, or mm-hmm. I can't do that because I've got this deficiency here, or look at my past and the things that I've done in the past, and we disqualify ourselves. Mm-hmm. And actually, a lot of times, it's those those weaknesses that actually give us the strength to stand on because when we are weak, then he is strong in our lives and he flows through us in massive ways, even more so than you could have ever done in your own ability. And I think it's such an important lesson for so many young people and uh, so many adults 
to hear this, this reality that your weakness doesn't disqualify you. Mm-hmm. Stop running from what God has for you. Stop internalizing that. Stop second guessing what it is that God's calling you to. And the enemy would love nothing more than to allow that voice of your deficiency to become the loudest thing in your life. And we actually need the voice of the Spirit of God to be the loudest thing yeah. in our life. Absolutely. I think I, so I wrote after the post and after preaching this, I, I wrote like a, a blog post about this. And one of the, the frontline questions, because you know, you want people to click on it, you want people to read it. And so one of the questions I asked was, you know, we, what if you are blaming Satan for something that God is actually allowing? And I think, you know, that's what I was doing. I was, and that's when I look at Paul, it's like people think, oh, well, it's Satan's fault that he had it. No, like God allowed it. God knew it was the best thing for Paul um, to keep him from becoming prideful. And so uh, I think about that for myself. Like, I think we're, I think we're so quick to, to blame Satan and think, oh, this horrible situation. Uh, this is all Satan. This is all Satan. This is all the devil. Well, Yes, the devil wants nothing more to attack us and destroy us, but I think also the Lord is the one who's in control. He knows how to work situations where we think it's bad and work it for his good and for his glory. And I, He's amazing at that. Yeah. Now, let me just bring clarity on this, uh, everybody. God doesn't strike people with sickness to yeah. teach them a lesson. Yeah. He doesn't. Like, I would never put cancer on my child, mm-hmm. on Nash or Blakely, and go, well, I'm going to... I'm going to teach you guys something, and you're going to learn something from this, and that weakness in you is going to teach you, uh, is going to keep... No, the enemy has come to kill, steal, yeah. and to destroy. Uh, but God loves to do twofers. So he loves yep. to uh, to see the miracle. He knows the miracle is ha- going to happen, but he also wants to use the middle of whatever the enemy is attacking us with yep. so that we can become stronger. Listen, when you work out and when you're in the gym, it's resistance that causes your muscles to get stronger. And a lot of times when there's weaknesses in you, you pushing past uh, this weakness, this perceived weakness has allowed your faith muscles to be stronger than ever before. And your transparency that, you know what? You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together in order to be used by God. In fact, it's those that humble themselves before God are the ones that God uses. Uh, I, I heard this years ago. There was a, a great woman uh, evangelist. Her name was Catherine Kuhlman. And she said, God's not looking for golden vessels. God's not looking for uh, silver vessels. He is looking for yielded vessels. And if you would just yield to him, he would shake the world with you. Yeah. And you know when people look at us, or when you look at yourself in the mirror, you know a lot of us think, well, we've got to be such and such and, and this and that. And the reality is, is the one thing that God's looking for more than anything else is just to say, hey, in spite of what's happening in my life, I, I want you to use me. Yeah. Now, what were the responses from people when you finally opened up? It's so funny because some people were like, oh, I didn't even know you had it. And so it's like, when you keep things in quiet too, the enemy makes you overthink and makes think that you're the only one, that you're in isolation. So there was that. But then the other people, um, especially like, it was crazy how many doors and opportunities opened up out of this, just of youth pastors uh, come to me with their own weaknesses, obviously not Tourette's, but something else that they're dealing with. And that they just, the, the vulnerability, like you'd be surprised what other doors and opportunities vulnerability will unlock. Like you, you just don't know. And so People, I mean, everybody was supportive. Everybody was just like, wow, that's how how much greater of a testimony. Did you have anybody come to you and go, man, 
I'm so, why would you say that? You're an idiot. No, not one no. person. No. But it's the opposite happened. Your testimony in their life of God's goodness and grace and strength in you multiplied. Yeah, absolutely. The exact opposite of what the lies of the devil was telling you. Yeah, absolutely. He's so, such an idiot. Yeah, took me 20 years, 20 years to to open up and be vulnerable out of it. But I mean, I, I, I don't regret it at all. And so I think just... Even when I go, go speak places, like it's so much e- easier for me to talk about it and for students and other people to relate to that. When you talk about a weakness and you're vulnerable, people connect to that. And so, yeah, I, I think I, I even think about like people in the Bible. It, it, God, you know, He doesn't look in the outward appearance; He looks in the heart. You see that in Moses, you see it in David, you see it in Joseph. That every time it, it doesn't look like it should be that person leading people. You know, Moses, he gave God four excuses of why he couldn't do the, like, do the things he called him to. But then God uses him. Like he said, oh, I have a stuttering problem. I can't do this. And then God, like he still uses him. And same thing with David. And you look at Joseph. It, that, it's just how God has always worked. And I think he, he does it. Like you said, he's looking for the, the willing heart, the willing vessel. And so I think it's just amazing. Well, God does. Yeah, listen, everybody, your weakness doesn't disqualify you. In fact, it's going to give you a greater platform to minister to a bunch of people. Because here's the reality. Everybody is going through a struggle that you know nothing of. Mm. Everybody. When I get up and preach on Sundays, and there's you know all these people in services, every, every single person, I know some of the stories that are, are represented. I know a lot of the stories in people's lives. And you look at these individuals and think, man, they got their world together. You know, they're highly successful in business or whatever, but you don't know what's actually going on behind the scenes in their life. I'm privy to a lot of it. And I think what I've discovered, one of the biggest eye openers for me as a senior pastor is that I've realized everybody is going through a struggle. Yeah. Everybody is going through tough times. Uh, Everybody is battling some kind of weakness. And the longer that we hide that, it actually... um, you actually become weaker mm-hmm. when you hide your weakness. But when you expose that weakness, the strength of God comes upon you. And now you have a testimony to bless all these kind of people. And and now no longer are you living in fear and intimidation and insecurity, but instead you've actually gained a stronger voice in your life. Yeah. And now and now nobody can bully you. Yeah. I mean yeah, it's amazing how the Lord works. And it took me so long to, to to realize that. But I think if anybody listening, you know, if you are dealing with a weakness, now there's there's obviously a, di- a difference between a weakness and sin. So mm-hmm. if it's sin, you know, it needs to be dealt with. It's not something that, you know, God is allowing. And so, but I mean, if you, if... Now, it, let me say this. Yeah. Uh, you know... In your role as a pastor, and a, you have a public platform, as do I, you know, there's a little bit of a difference than if if uh, if if you don't have that. But and so what I would what I would encourage you to do is this: never tell your problems to somebody that can't help you. Mm-hmm. So don't you know there there may be something you need to go you know share you know and post about, but you know. If if you're looking, if you've got a weakness in your life that is sin, or you know, uh, don't don't go posting that. <laughs> Have some uh, um, some wisdom about that. Mm-hmm. Tell your problems to people that can actually help you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a big mistake. A lot of times, people you they do they just tell their problems to to everybody, and then yeah. and and then they're they're just that problem person. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell everybody everything. 
but you need to tell someone. But, but tell so, somebody needs to know your secret. Some, yeah, maybe someone. it's in a small group, you know? Uh, maybe it's... Uh, Maybe it is something like that. So maybe maybe the Tourette's, maybe you have Tourette's and it's something that you've been trying to hide. Maybe this needs to be something you just let let everybody know about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, what would you say to a mom or a dad that their their children are battling with some kind of a, a weakness like this? Um, you know, I think as parents, now that I'm I have a daughter that's just over a year old i mean i i have a small glimpse of it already but uh you just you want the best for your kids i know that like that is every parent's heart and so uh you know and a lot of the kids you know it's just in it's a hard culture i mean for kids i mean it's easy for them to be bullied about what they they're like god messed up when he created me but ultimately we know he didn't it's just um you know, through these years, uh, if you as a parent can just obviously continually pray for them, but also create a, an environment where there's open and honest conversation between you and your kid um, to be able to talk about those things. If your kid honestly is feeling like, well, God messed up with me or because I have this or I, have, uh, I, I don't look this certain way. No, like that's where I think you as the parent have the opportunity to speak truth and speak what God's word actually says about them. Mm-hmm. They may not always receive it and believe it in that moment, but you are planting a seed, whether you know it or not. And it will, you'll see the harvest in no time. And I think if my parents listen to this, they can attest to that. So everybody, the the lesson today is is so clear. And I'm I'm so thankful for your your courage uh to be able to share about what could be a perceived weakness mm. is actually turning out to be an amazing strength. Yeah, absolutely. That is allowing you to impact the lives of so many other people. And the fact that you are open and transparent uh, is really allowing you to speak into a generation where they're told you have to be perfect and, you know, nuck and nip, nip and tuck and hide everything and make it just perfect. And uh, God, God's really, he's using this in ways that I think are going beyond anything you could have ever even imagined. Absolutely. And it's just getting started, dude. I know. It's just getting started. And so listen, hey everybody, don't believe the lie of the enemy that that you need to be disqualified. Don't let your weakness stop you from stepping into and being used by God in how he's always intended for you to be used. And just like the apostle Paul, man, we all have a weakness in our life. We all have a thorn in our side. Don't allow that to stop you from stepping into what God has for you. And so push past the pain push past the lies, step in, grab a hold of the destiny and the purpose that God has for you. And when you do, you're going to be shocked that, oh my goodness, it's like a whole new world. Yeah. A whole new world. There you go. <laughs> what movie was that from? That was from Aladdin, I yeah, think. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you got it. Uh, don't you dare close your eyes. But I mean, it's going to be a whole new world for you. So trust God. And believe that there are people around you that are going to love you. They're going to cheer you on. They're going to stand with you. And that your best days are yet ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I think I mean, it's an honor to even talk about this. I think if one person could be set free from, you know, the wrong mindset of how you, you know, you, you think God messed up with you, uh, he didn't. He knows exactly how he created you. He <laughs> and, calls you his masterpiece. Yeah. I mean, you may not see how every part works yet, but. The Lord knows what he's doing, and he's going to use any weakness that, you know, the enemy tries to lie to you about or use against you. He's going to use it for his greater 
Good. I, I promise because I've experienced it firsthand. Okay, guys, squash the lie. I mean, just take it out. And, and the way you squash it is by exposing the darkness, the lie, to the truth of the light of the Son of the living God. And watch what God does in your life. Woohoo! Yeah. Awesome. Hey, Pastor Logan, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. It was an honor. It is. This was such an encouraging uh, lesson today, and we're going to take it. I know that I'm gleaning a lot from it today. I love your courage. I love your faith, and I love you and your wife. Hey, everybody, hope you all have a great day. We'll see you back here next week. <laughs>